No energy shortage from Trey Lyle. His soda with caffeine and sugar is kicked in here. In the Someone may or may not have had to get here very early this morning to fix an issue. So let's pipe it down over there. Okay, I'll calm down. So this is this is caffeine to make sure I get through this show so you so we can survive. Well, in order to get through this show, I need to progress this forward, which is why we have to get into part two of covering the Commonwealth. Yep, we're copying this idea. Covering the Commonwealth, a look at the locally interesting teams and stories from the experts who cover them. Let's start with the Lynchburg Hillcat. Jason Prill, Jas Prill 19 with us in the fast lane. Jason, double dose of fireworks last Monday, 7-3, and Independence Day. Was it everything you hoped it would be as a lover and critiquer of fireworks nights? Honestly, Ed, these were the best fireworks shows that we had had in my two seasons of being there. They were incredible. They were well done. They were big. They were colorful. It was quite the show for those of us who were at the ballpark on those evenings. A great way to ring in uh, another Independence Day. Well, it was done quite well. The only thing missing from that week for the Lynchburg Hillcats were a slew of victories. They only got a couple of them. Bats going silent. Is it as simple as that, that the Lynchburg Hillcats look to regroup from that coming out of the MLB All-Star break over the next couple days? Well, I think there's a lot of things that played into why their bats were struggling, and one of them being the fact that the MLB draft was today and yesterday and tomorrow. And so a lot of these guys may have been having their minds elsewhere, worried about their their future or worried about whether they're going to be in Lynchburg or Lake County next week. So there's a lot of things playing in their mind that may have just distracted them from the game, and they may have been pressing a little bit more. And so I think that played a role into it. So we'll see how they come out of this all-star break. If they come out flat, I think we'll see a lot of guys from this draft class start making their way through Lynchburg. Well, that will be something that a lot of fans get to monitor, Jason. In the meantime, we monitor your work at Jasperil19 on your social media platforms. Thank you for joining us in the Fast Lane. Of course, at any time. Now to NASCAR. On W226BG Timberlake, WBGMA, Lynchburg, WMNA, Gretna, Danville, Southside, and the CBS Sports Radio Lynchburg at Brad Harris at FrontStretch.com with us in the Fast Lane. Brad, um... I don't get it. The people criticizing NASCAR for calling the race in the manner in which they did last night at Atlanta. Outside of maybe finding a different date on the schedule for Atlanta, and I could get behind that line of thinking, what else could NASCAR really have done in the moment? I don't know if they could have done anything. And one thing that I know right after the race ended, we we talked to um, – a couple of the top finishers, and um, and and I talked to AJ Allmendinger, Daniel Suarez, um, and Michael Dow, and they're all saying it was you know NASCAR did the right thing partially because they pointed back to last July in Daytona where the rain was coming and they didn't pull the caution flag quite as quickly at Daytona and there was a massive wreck. So it's a case of you know you're going at that speed. And you go down there, and and, the, and it starts raining there. So, um, yeah, I'm not sure what she could have done there. And to be honest, um, if if you watch the race, um, the way that rain was coming, um, it was looking like for a bit um, you weren't even going to get the half. You were not. You were not going to get the halfway. But once it got to lap 130, 
which made an official race. It's like one driver said, the mentality became um, this every lap might be the white flag, you know. So and so there was a definite sense of urgency that really from the green flag you saw. How much did that produce a really compelling race for NASCAR and what may have been the ideal follow-up from the momentum that came from Chicago? Oh, no question about no question about that. And I also think that, uh, you know, because, you know, when Atlanta announced their their reprofiling was the official word of, you know, taking the track from basically a, a mile-and-a-half style track to uh, adjusting the banking and other things to basically making it a super speedway or strictest type or strictest style track you know i think there were there were kind of a lot of questions of you know why in the world would you do this especially when you've got talladega 90 minutes away but you know i think what you saw in the racing um not just last night but what you saw in the extended race on saturday night i think it's justified justified that decision because you can make it you can make an argument that the racing you saw last night in Atlanta is the most exciting restricted plate racing you see right now. Oh, it definitely is. The only thing that would make this better is to find a way to do something like this to Texas in the immortal words of our guy, Bubba Wallace. Oh, way better than Texas. Yeah, way better. Way better than Texas. Everything is way better than Texas. I had to find a way to get that one in just to appease Trey <laughs> today in the fast lane. Something like that. Yes. Well, it's appease me. That's that. That's <laughs> that is your goal in life. Yes, it is. Uh, well, to at least get all of the uh, requisite sound bites in today, Brad. For those that want to say that this win solidifies William Byron as the favorite for the championship, should we say a favorite because he does get more bonus points and now he leads the regular season standings, which should come with more bonus points for the playoffs? Or do you say the favorite in spite of the fact that there were some difficult-to-replicate circumstances around his victory? Well, the other thing you have to remember is, too, William Byron has been pretty good on restricted plate tracks. He's won at Atlanta before. So um, this also, I think, says he, he's one of the guys in restricted plates. But I'm not sure he's the A1 favorite, but I think he, I think you've got to close him in on the list of, you know, if you have a short list of two to three guys who are favorites, he's, he's got to be one of them. You know, I think you've got to put Martin Torres Jr. up there with him too. And Henderson is dynamic because um, Byron, I think, is a – Heavy favorite win the championship, and then you look at the rest of the uh, lineup at Hendrick. I mean, Kyle Larson has been crazy inconsistent this year. You know, it's either checkers or records for him, and then you know both Chase Elliott and um, Alex Bowman are right now, for the most part, more than likely, both of them are going to need to get a race win here in this next stretch of races. And um, so it's a really interesting dynamic of you've got Byron, who's a championship contender, and you got two other guys on this team that it, it, it's going it's, it's going to be a chore for them to get to the postseason. It is. It's not a chore though to get the insight from Brad Harrison of FrontStretch.com. He's been great. I'm glad to hear that you survived Atlanta. Sounds good. Thanks for having me. And last but not least, or maybe least, that professional football team in Landover, Maryland. Or is it Ashburn, Virginia? Candy Ballers, Seawall Sports and Entertainment. We are about 10 days away from the day that it might become official, the sale of the Washington Commanders. Seawall, does that mean pump the brakes on getting excited about potential additions like 
running back Kareem Hunt, running back Dalvin Cooker, wide receiver DeAndre Hopkins until that sale is official and you might have more direction on what you could spend. Absolutely. I think everything is kind of just quiet and calm. And I think, like I said, you know, everyone is waiting for the sale. Um, Coach Ron Rivera did share after one of the OTA sessions that they really in a holding pattern on making any other moves um, if they decide to make any moves until after the sale is complete. Candy Waller, Seaball Sports Entertainment with us in the fast lane. Does that temper your optimism for Sam Howell just because we don't know completely who might be his weapons this coming season? I don't think so. I mean, based on what I saw um, during uh, OTAs, I think that fans should really be excited about what is what they're going to be seeing out there on the field on Sundays um, this upcoming season, and a lot of that has to do with offensive coordinator Eric being to me. The team, you know, so far has been responding extremely well. I think he's going to be getting the most out of each and every position group. So I, I still say, you know, things are looking up for the offense, and if there's any additions to the offense, then that's a bonus. Seawall SE, that's her Twitter account to stay updated on the Washington Commanders. And of course, with Seawall Sports and Entertainment joining us in the background. Thank you much for your time today. We'll delve more into Sam Howell and the Commanders as the training camp weeks get closer, and they are. In the meantime, thank you for sharing some time with us today in the fashion. Absolutely, and I'll be talking to you guys again soon. Indeed, Candy Waller with us here in the fast lane. That does it for us today. Tomorrow. Wait, you, you forgot to play JoJo. You forgot to play Hall and Oates. Like, you missed a couple. Don't worry. We've got to wait till tomorrow. I guess it's to just a little bit too late. <laughs> Trey, you did it. An appropriate way to end the fast lane. And yes, you can add us. Trey Lyle VT or Fast Lane Ed Lane on your social media platforms and Fast Lane Ed Lane, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. Now it's way too belated to get the official loud introduction. It is time for us to go live to the Zach Elf Show.